Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome to the channel or welcome back to the channel. If you haven't seen this show before, you got to make sure to subscribe. Only 15% of you that are watching subscribe. So hit that subscribe button below so that you can support this channel. But every week on Saturday morning, we go over what is actually happening with the market. What are some local news? What are some national news that could be impacting the real estate market altogether? And this week, we're going to be going over several things. When it comes to higher interest rates, what are your options? These are the top 10 markets in California that are due for a price dip. SF is not a market investors want to be in for commercial. We'll talk about that. So what about some potential development in San Jose? This could lead to a huge area if it can get pre-approved uh, or get approved. And then let's talk about a little bit about venture capital backed by Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. And we're going to talk a little bit about this notion of how is VC money going to continue to play into the real estate market. Let's go over it. First news, as interest rates spike, Bay Area homeowners turn to adjustable rate mortgages. The increase comes as home as Bay Area home prices fall 6% in July. So the case is this, and I've been telling this for over and over, you have several options when it comes to higher interest rates. Number one, you can just try to put more money down so your payments are less. Number two, you drop what you can afford as in you drop what you're comfortable with. So maybe you're looking at a million dollar home, $2 million home, drop it by 5%, 10%, whatever you're comfortable with when it comes to the monthly payments. Or last but not least, you can go over this option, which is converting it into, or not converting it, choosing an adjustable rate mortgage. Now, this is not the same adjustable rate mortgage that we have seen in 2008, where it adjusts like every year and there's other, like a bunch of other shenanigans are happening. They don't even check your credit. These are still a locked minimum of five years, which is a 5-1 adjustable rate mortgage. There's also a 7-1 adjustable rate mortgage. There's also a 10-1 adjustable rate mortgage. And most of these are going to be lower than what you will discover from a 30-year fixed amount. And so as a 30-year fixed amount is, is higher now, people are electing it to do this. And then in a couple of years, if rates change lower, you can always refinance. And keep in mind, you don't have to refinance from five-year, five-one to another five-one, you can refinance from a five-one to a 30-year fix, right? So you can make these different changes when it comes to that time of whatever you are interested in. Because the truth is, you're not all of a sudden unable to buy. This is not, like you know, this is myth that all of a sudden rates are at X amount. Oh, I just can't buy anything anymore. No, you can always adjust. It affects your monthly payments, but you can easily adjust and say, look, I'm not going to be buying that same million-dollar house anymore. I'm going to be buying something less. And the, the fortunate news, as you may have been seeing from my show every week, is that prices have also already declined. And they declined 15 to 20% already since the highs of April. So it's been adjusting very quickly to the realities of, the, of, of what they're asking for when it comes to uh, higher rates because people just afford less. And they don't have as much com confidence because other assets have been impacted. So that's just something to be mindful of, of all the different strategies that you have to be able to buy a home so that's uh that's those are some important news for people to figure out from a finance perspective like what are their options still plenty of options out there for people still there's way less competition on the market right now the other option too that i didn't bring up in a small quick tip you can just go with low lower money down 
because the competition is much lower, you don't have to go with all cash, 30% down, all these kind of figures that don't even matter anymore. You can go with much lower down. So people are going 5%, 10% down and still easily able to, to get into the home. And they can use that cash for whatever, anything else they want to do. Next, these 10 California housing markets are due for a price dip, analysts say. Um, where are these markets? And this is for uh, California. So this is not for the entire country, but for California. You can see in general, you have San Francisco, Redwood City, South San Francisco. That's going to be their estimate as number one. They have next Sacramento, Roseville, Arden Arcade. You have San Jose, Sunnyvale, Santa Clara as number five. You have Oakland, Hayward, Berkeley, which is East Bay as number seven. And then you have Vallejo. What's interesting here is there's nothing in the, it doesn't seem like there's anything in SoCal. So uh, it will be interesting to see what happens with those markets and if it's truly the case. Uh, they were some of the hottest markets in the past. Now, I don't think this is unrealistic. The Bay Area has been the most uh, impacted uh, for the entire country. It, and it'll probably be the most likely to recover uh, as things recover too. Why is that? It's all relative to inf uh, interest rates because as interest rates are higher, it impacts all asset classes. So Bay Area gets, uh, housing gets impacted, but more importantly, other assets that are more forward looking, whether it's stocks, definitely crypto, have all taken a huge impact. And because a lot of jobs are in that industry, a lot of compensation is tied to stocks. That certainly impacts these markets a lot more. And so that's why you're seeing situations like this. Now, the question ultimately is when will be the bottom? The question ultimately is what should you be doing as an alternative? Because as, as you have all of these people that have given up, they all end up renting a home. So that gives you an idea like the situation, your alternative, if you want to wait and bank on it, is you're dealing with still high inflation, but you're also dealing with paying rents each month that is adds up very quickly i mean think about this a one bedroom in the bay area is not uncommon for three thousand dollars that's the case that's thirty six thousand dollars a year so you better be 100 percent confident that it's not worth that you pulling down your roots and, and at least putting the money towards your own home than it is to rents so those are the things that are happening but as an investor, that's different, right? Look at this. SF is not a market investors want to be in as two commercial buildings are pulled from sale. Now, to be fair, um, yeah, to be fair, the commercial space is a completely different game and is a completely different problem, right? I mean, people can still want to live in San Francisco. I was just there twice this week and it's still busy. There's still a lot of people walking around. A lot of people, definitely all those restaurants are still busy. Uh, all the places we went to were fantastic, and there was just lots of people out and enjoying it. So people still want to live there. You can see rent still has increased. Otherwise, it would decrease. But the commercial space is an absolute just disaster, to be fair, right? Especially in places like San Francisco, where people don't value, like, the price per square foot or even value even going in. So it's a very, very difficult thing. So it's a... It's a it's going to be a standstill for that because investors are the ones that own these properties that are commercial, not regular people. And these a lot of the investors, remember, these are class A properties. These are the best commercial grade properties historically in the country. And so they have a different valuation for that because they had very high rents. And we have never been in a situation like this. So it's going to be really interesting to see. When it comes time for those decisions, like they're very getting outperformed 
The rent rules are absolutely terrible. Vacancy rights are god awful. And so hence why you see some different deals are just not going to be able to strike because the buyers are doing the math of, wait a second, I, you're renting for this. You're expecting this cap rate. Is it really still a class A property? Those are things from the buyer side. On the seller side, they still think of what they have been in it for as a class A property. It used to rent for this, right? And so those are huge disconnects, huge balancing that needs to happen for deals to really come through, uh, unless it's like from an outside sovereign wealth fund and they don't really care. Um, but uh, in general, all these other investors or all these other players, it's a huge deal. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how the domino falls. And if it does fall, they just hold on to it and just, they just ride it out. Um, but likely there should be some dominoes falling. So it'll be really, really interesting to see how this plays out. Next, let's talk about housing. Let's talk about this scenario. This is a great scenario that people have to want to talk about. Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to do any developments? Look at this. Closed San Jose golf course may become housing. Let's take a little bit of the backstory. Actually, before we take a look at backstory, this is an East San Jose. Let's take a look on the map perspective. Look at this. Right? Look at this huge piece of chunk of, of dirt that was a golf course. You can actually see where the, where the holes and the stuff are because you can see the aerial view of how the trees are laid out. Look at the size of this. If anyone has been in this area, Raging Waters is out there, for those that you know. They have Lake Cunningham Regional Park, which is a, uh, still lots of activity around there. Look at the size of this. It's, it's a little bit smaller than that, but that's a huge park. How many houses can you develop in this area, especially with proper density? Right? It can be a huge housing project. It can house so many different people. So that's that, right? That's where the former Pleasant Hills golf course was. But what is the problem? The problem is two things. One, the city is pretty bullish. They want to build this. But then under current environmental laws, the traffic impacts in certain areas will be too great to permit development without a special exception. This is a city's transportation analysis policy. Like, what in the world is going on? Like, what, they cause more too much traffic and then all of a sudden you can't build more housing of it? Right, that's, that's the debate. So even in places that you're lucky like this, that you have dirt, straight up just dirt that is able to do, that was just a golf course, you can't even build housing on it that easily, right? Hence why we, we continue to struggle. And to be fair, it's not like there's this many house. It's not like there's this many opportunities. Like look at all over San Jose, just look on the map perspective. There's not that many places to build anyways. Most may have to convert from like a commercial place somehow into, into residential, which is even more of a nightmare. And you may have to do even more cleaning of the soil. But for this, dang, that soil is probably really fertile, fertilized because it was all like grass and it was all like actually nice and taken care of. But because of these things, Pleasant Hills Golf Course has a long and challenging history in our community. And I appreciate the closed community attention on any potential development at the site. There's been, she know that there have been several proposals for the land since 2017, but she opposed all of them. Council member. However, each proposal requires close and careful consideration. The hope that there'll be one day be a project that lives up to the high expectations of our community. Sorry, but that is absolutely just wild. See, 
See how wild it is? So much land, so much opportunity, and, and they're not doing anything. So that's unfortunate, but that's just a reality of what it is. And there's good and bad about it, right? On one end, there's less inventory and less product in these very, very prime good areas. On the other end, there's so many houses that could have been built there that could have supported housing and helped a lot of people. But that's just a reality of what it is. Next, let's wrap things up. Jeff Bezos backed Arrived, dives into short-term rental market. Backed by Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, the real estate investment platform is the latest fractional ownership to enter in the rapidly growing short-term rental space. What happens in this case is that the, re the, the truth is there's a lot of extra money that are out there, and this creates a new asset class for people to invest some of their money into projects. And because you're able to do that, it increases the buyer pool of buying this where now, whereas now a individual homeowner is not going to be able to participate on their own. Now, on one end, it's democratizing investment opportunities. On the other end, it's taking away homes because now you have a new player, a new entrant that is doing it from a pure investment play. But the other thing is, to be fair, the people that are living in it, it's actually a positive thing because the value of their homes typically will go up because now you have more buyers into that market. And at the end of the day, a lot of these rental markets are lower cost areas. And because they're low cost areas, um, the math for cash flow is, is generally more favorable, especially with higher increase in rent. And so these become opportunities. It just becomes different uh, economies that occur for these for this change. And so that's the interesting part about this activity. There are many different platforms out there that do fractional ownership. So you want to take a look at them. So take a look at Arrive, see if that's a viable platform for you. Take a look at Fractional. That's a viable platform that a lot of people are also using. There are many different players of this. You have Picasso. That's a player when it comes to more luxury. And that's not rentals, but that's luxury of co-sharing, uh, almost like a almost timeshare-ish like for your salt or for a secondary and vacation home. So there's a lot of these fractional ownership players that continue to enter in the market and continue to grow because they're just starting to grow. These are newer players, not like the eye buyers in the space, like open door. These are newer players. So they'll continue to make an impact in these rental markets. So hopefully that was helpful in giving you an idea of what has been going on for this week. Of course, if you have any questions, feel free to text me or call me below 408-547-4590. It is uh, never too early to have a conversation with whatever your goals are, whether you're buying, selling, or investing in the Bay Area or anywhere in the country. My team can help. I'll see you at the next one. Bye now.